Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast today. Uh, I've got a guest that I'm really, really excited and honored to be able to talk to, uh, Chelsea Stimson, and um, she started a a company called American Feathers, and we're going to talk to her and find out how that came about, um, you know, what her mission is, and uh, just... Uh, you know, learn a little bit more about her and uh, what she has going on. So, Chelsea, welcome to Modern Cowboy. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, I'm super excited to uh, to have you on, too. Uh, you know, I started seeing um, the American Feathers through the American Hat Company. I, I would see the feathers on the, on the hats and was following along and then got more intrigued and, you know, again, you know, you see it more and more. So then I, I looked into it, um, a little further and, uh, read a little bit about you. And so I just thought it would be uh, awesome to have you on the podcast and have you tell everybody about, you know, your story and how, how you got started. Okay. Well, it's kind of a long backstory, but, <laughs> um, I never really, I did not set out with the intention to start a business first of all, but, um, I guess a little bit of backstory to kind of go into American Feathers is I joined the Navy right of high school and um, at boot camp, it just happened to be that I would meet my future husband there and I did not know it um, at the time. Um, and he would be, later go on to become a Navy SEAL. His name is Tyler Stimson. Um, and from there, we just created our life. Eventually, I finished out my enlistment with the Navy, and um, he finished all of his training, became a Navy SEAL, and we got married and, you know, lived military lifestyle, basically, since I left high school, and um, that was my life, and in 2010, Tyler was killed in an accident at home. He had served multiple deployments and been um, in the military since he was in college. He was actually a Marine first, and that's a whole different story. But And from there, um, eventually American Feathers came out of all of that. And basically a way for me to express myself is a part of my healing and also just a way that I was trying to share Tyler's memory and to honor him. And really when I painted the first feather, I just, I had no intentions for it beyond, you know, myself. Um, it grew from there to kind of share with some of my friends that are veterans and surviving spouses, just gifts that I could do. And it was just a natural inclination for me. Um, and that's really kind of the root of it. Now, what happened after that? <laughs> it's it's a crazy story, I guess you could say. I didn't anticipate it at all. And that's uh, you know just one you know you know our sincere condolences you know for your loss and and the the fact that you know 
uh, Tyler was a a SEAL and had multiple deployments and then, you know, loses his life at home is just a tragedy beyond a tragedy. But you, you've, you've taken, you know, a tragedy like so many other things are born out of and, and, you know, are, are doing something, uh, to help other people with it. And, uh, I think that that's, you know, just a highly noble cause. And, and, uh, and at the same time, like you said, it's, it's healing and, uh, you know, a form of therapy for you as well. It really is. And, you know, I was lucky to have some people to look up to and learn from. And very quickly I realized when I found myself as a young widow at age 26, I had no idea what to do um, next. I mean, really, I mean, I was in a bad place. Yeah. Um, the best thing that could have happened to me is for me to come across Taryn Davis and also to meet some other surviving spouses in the community. But Taryn Davis of the American widow project was sharing her story and she was reaching out to other uh, military widows by sharing her story. And she also was doing something that, um, I desperately needed to see, which was honoring her husband, Michael, by living. And she was doing it openly. And I know it seems like it should be just a given, but it, it really was not. And I don't think that I'm the only one to ever feel that way after losing someone um, to feel guilty for um, you know any happiness or to be like, I can't go on um, and to not to even be able to envision a future without them, especially a young widow. So to see someone that was, um, you know, honoring them by living, by making the most of their time and saying, you know, it's a tragedy that they are not here and their life has been cut short. And that's why it's imperative that we don't take for granted the time we have today. We also have a purpose here and to honor them would be to fulfill that um, and to emulate how they live their lives fully. That's really a big part of it too. Yeah. And, you know, just when you, when you said at 26, you know, you, you went right into the Navy out of, out of high school and I'm assuming Tyler was pretty close to your age anyway. Uh, I mean, at 26 for most people, I I can even speak for myself. I mean, at 26, you know, I was, just, I mean, about 12 in the head, you know, and so when you look at the responsibility, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that you both had, you know, at that young age, and then to have, you know, that kind of tragic impact on your life. I mean, you know, we all, every day is a struggle for everyone, you know, and no matter what age you are, they're, they're all tough, but the younger you are to, you know, suffer a significant loss like that, it's just, it's unimaginable you know, particularly the fact that, you know, he was a, a Navy SEAL and lost his life at home. You know, it's just, uh, it's crazy. That's a big part of why I felt so compelled that I needed to do something to make sure he wasn't forgotten because for these guys and, and when you see some of them sharing too, I don't think it's uncommon to hear that like, they would prefer either a warrior's death or to live a very, very long time. And there's some of the most accomplished people that we have, I think around, they're incredibly driven. Um, and just what they can accomplish in their lifetime is 
is amazing. They're a huge credit to this country. But so I felt like Tyler died doing something that he loved, but I felt like I needed to ensure that like he had a legacy that lived on. We didn't have a chance to have children. Um, and so I didn't know what that was right. and how I was going to do that. And um, I certainly did not anticipate that this would be it. Um, I felt a lot of pressure to do that. Um, and, you know, a lot of people start nonprofits and all kinds of things, but I felt like it had to be something that was like organic to me. And um, that's, it's been absolutely incredible to have the support that I've gotten, especially from American Hat Company and Keith Mundy to do this. Mm-hmm. When I started, when I painted the first feather, you know, it was years, it's been um, eight years this July since Tyler passed. So it took me a while. I mean, I had to, which as it should be, I had a lot of healing to do. I had a lot of processing to do. And um, it makes sense that when I got to a more solid place, um, that then I was able to do it. Um, and it kind of just happened. So I'm very grateful for that. And um, it's been incredibly healing. And then what I've, and the thing that just, I absolutely love, like I was saying before, with like Taryn Davis sharing her story, I felt like as I got to a better place as well, um, it was my obligation then to pass on what I learned from her, what I was learning, um, and what I had learned from others that had gone through, you know, similar tragedies and challenges um, that, you know, you can make it through. Don't give up. You've got to, you know, stay true to yourself and honor, honor them by living. Like that's been a huge thing to me. Um, that's helped me so much come out of the place that I was in to start with. It was just hopeless. I, I really, um, I, I don't know. That's a big part of my mission now. What I'm trying to share with people that I think could be really helpful. Now, were you an artist or a painter uh, to begin with, or before this, or? Yes, um, in a very casual way. Always as a child, I was drawing and painting, but mostly it was always horses. So okay, um, it was centered around probably my horse obsession from a young age. But yes, and and then the feather, uh, you know, just because I mean, I, I'm not sure, but if you could explain, you know, the significance of the feather and how that became the platform for your painting, and sure, yeah. So and how that came about is. I moved back home to Montana and and you were and you were and you were stationed where in I was in Nevada. Oh, you were in Nevada. Okay. For a while. I wasn't stationed. I was out of the military and I actually um, had moved to Nevada. I'm now engaged and so I was living there with my fiance who is also a former SEAL. So we moved up to Montana and he shot a turkey. <laughs> and I said, and I said, of course, right? Yeah. Don't throw the feathers away because I'm always, again, always doing something, like you said, artistically, always just making things. And um, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna do something with these feathers. And um, the flag, I painted an American flag on it, simply put, but it didn't just happen that way. It's it's been, obviously, I guess the way I share it is like, you know, what I had left of Tyler was the flag that they gave me off his coffin. And for so many Gold Star families, that flag represents their loved one. Like, 
and again, what they have, that's the last thing they were given yeah. of them. And it means a lot. And so in addition to our service, you know, it represents Tyler for me. Um, and so I just, I wish I could give people a better <laughs> description of how you came to be. And, it, and all I could say now that I, I've come to say is like, you know, I think it was just divine inspiration. It was how it was meant to be that I was inspired to paint an American flag on, on those feathers. So, um, and originally it was just one. And, um, and I think the next one that I gave away was to our neighbors and, uh, he's a Vietnam veteran. And I was like, you know, I should paint one for him. They really loved, uh, the one that I painted when they saw it. And, um, it kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. Because now you, you I mean, I know that it was originally the feathers and now, um, you have, uh, like patches as well and, and stickers and um yeah well I can only paint so many feathers right right exactly <laughs> and it's got intense um in a great way and um you know I had a lot of people asking too you know the crazy thing is too so this started in the military community um but I did have a foot community I was barrel racing down Nevada. That's a whole different story, but a big part of my healing too is I got a horse again and got into barrel racing, which was part of, you know, just really living my life and doing those things that I always wanted to do. I grew up with horses. I always wanted to legitimately barrel race, and I did. And it brought me back into the rodeo community. And so when American Hats, um, you know, came across the story, they started sharing it and it grew into the military community. Um, and it's, it's been amazing. So I've had a lot of people asking for patches, for their shirts, for their, you know, bull riding vests, for their helmets. Um, and this expanded into, you know, multiple different I guess communities you can say beyond rodeo as well. So right. tried to make the feathers accessible to as many people as possible. And, and the thing that I absolutely love about it, I mean, it was, there was a time when American hats was sharing the feathers and Tyler's name and the story behind it. And it grew into like the PBR shared it, uh, Ryan Weaver and John party on country music awards. And, I just felt this like overwhelming peace. I'm like, finally, you know, like, I feel like I've done it. Like, I'm, I feel like Tyler is never going to be forgotten. This has, this was it, you know, yeah. this is it for him. Right. But then it started growing. Then I started to realize like this represents the stories of service of other people. Like it's not just my story anymore. It's, it's become the representation of other loved ones of surviving families. Um, it grew into, you know, we end up being asked to do some like thin blue line feathers, red thin line feathers, um, you know, to honor those lost, you know, in service here, um, you know, our civil services and the stories that started coming out with that was amazing. And again, I was like, again, this is part of my obligation to pay it forward to make sure these stories are heard that these, um, these people are not forgotten. Their sacrifices are not um, forgotten and that these families feel heard and, and they can feel that same peace that their loved ones are going to be remembered. And as time goes on, you know, we want to still say their names. Like you, 
you want to have that opportunity in like what I absolutely love about the feathers is I always hear like people ask me where I got my feather from people that have one. And mm -hmm. I was like, great, that's the opportunity. I hope that you will share like the story behind your feather, like what that feather represents for you, like your loved one, or maybe it's your story of service. Um, you know, people need to be heard and it's so healing to be able to share those stories with each other. And not only that, it's a huge connector because we can share that and then you get to hear someone else's story, you know, or their loved ones or their service. And um, I think it's just become a positive movement for us, for everyone, I think, to connect over our service and our love of country and um, loyalty and in a very positive way. And healing is creating healing in a community, I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, just thinking about what you said earlier, too, about, you know, the the seals and, and the men that, you know, come out of there and and how they're just so many of them are just so intelligent in the businesses that they're, they're creating and the things that they're doing. You know, it just has a huge positive impact on the world. And, you know, and you're doing you're doing the same thing with with american feathers you know i see it and it's like now do you see it growing i mean like you doing t-shirts yet are you doing anything else i mean is uh i'm just curious yes or well i'm trying <laughs> uh -huh. i'm trying it's growing quickly and um so i'm trying to you know scale as we go and, and right. make things available and yes they're in the works yeah yeah great yeah and it's 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 interesting you know when you just talk about scaling and, and, you know, and building businesses and like we're talking about, um, especially when it's something that you're doing that's your passion, you know, and, and it just starts to almost take on a life of its own. And, and then you're, you've just kind of got to go along to help direct it as best you can as it's, you know, divinely delivered to you. So it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's exciting, you know, and, and like I said, you know, I, I remember just seeing the first feather, you know, uh, initially and, and then just kept watching it. And I just go, man, I, I, I got to talk to this to this gal, you know, so very, very cool. So now were you, you, you'd say you barrel race and stuff. Were you raised on a ranch or was, was Tyler a cowboy or in the Western world or? Well, it's a funny story. Tyler was not a cowboy. And in fact, he, when we were in boot camp, um, I guess he had already decided, you know, that he, that we were going to date or something after boot camp. <laughs> um, I had not decided that. Um, <laughs> But he wrote back to his parents that I was kind of hot, but a hick. And that's <laughs> been a long going story that always makes me laugh when I think back to that. Um, he was from New Hampshire, so, um, which they lived rurally, but he was not a cowboy. And, uh, but that worked out just fine. Um, I did grow up in rural Montana and um, basically I drove my family crazy asking for a horse until I was about 12 years old and um, <laughs> finally got one. It turns out um, that really my family is a ranching family. Um, going back to my great grandparents, they do ranch in um, Western Montana, but I was not directly involved in that, but apparently the genes passed on enough that um, from as long back as I can remember, I've been obsessed with horses and asking for one. So, so <laughs> I ended up doing a little bit of barrel racing uh, out in a small town that I grew up in, but we didn't even have high school rodeo team or anything like that. Um, it was too small. 
but the try-ins did have an arena out there and um which is funny now looking back um doing their young riders series now i i was on my old fat horse and you know i never placed ever <laughs> so so you know it was always a dream of me of mine to have horses again and i figured maybe after the military you know we'll be able to you know move away from the city and I can have a horse again. That was always kind of my hope. Right. And um, eventually, it was 2012, I think, um, I moved to Nevada and I got Gigi, which I did not think I was gonna get a horse. I did not plan on staying there. I thought I was gonna go back to Virginia Beach. And um, of course, my fiance now, Ryan, he has, you know, same, same mentality as the rest of them. And he's like, you should just do it. Like, why not? And, um, so I got her and I went barrel racing and, um, that was, that was great. That was like living a dream for me. And I thought I would still be doing it up here. You know, I started thinking about, Oh, maybe I'll get my pro card. Uh, but it turns out that I'm not very good at <laughs> selling horses. Um, <laughs> and so to move up, of course, you know, you gotta get, a horse that, you know, is, can run there. And Gigi is pretty good. I call her my super Gigi, but really what she turned out to be was like a heart healer for me. Like, right. and the other thing was that I discovered too, when you face hard times or maybe like you feel like you've lost everything, we all have a foundation of who we are that's still there. Mm -hmm. And for me, like as far back as I can remember, horses are a part of like my foundation it's just what I was born with and I feel like in art just the same what I was born with my natural inclination and you can always go back to those things and I feel like would we do that if we're brave enough to make the changes that require us to make to get back to them um it will set us on like I guess the right path, like our path to our callings or fulfilling something that comes naturally to us. And I feel like that's really what I can attribute like American feathers coming to be like, it's just, you get in a flow or you get into harmony or so many different things that you could, I guess, call it. But if you've ever found yourself there, you'd know it. You're like, Whoa, okay. This is all coming together because I was brave enough to do those things um, even though they're terrifying and I didn't know where in the world I was going, it starts to, to lead you down the right path. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, it's, uh, it's just interesting to say that, uh, when you, when you, you know, and, and I don't know if everybody finds it or not, you know, I've, I, I know that, you know, I, I've found that in my life and, and it's, uh, it's an overpowering kind of feeling, but you, and, and like you said, Many times you don't even know, you know, what the next step is, but uh, somehow it's it's provided to you, and and even, and it's not easy at all. It's still a struggle, but um, there's no better feeling than when you're doing, you know, what you feel like you're called to do, and uh, it sure seems like that's what you're doing. Absolutely, yeah. I would say if anyone is wondering, you know, are you thinking like, am I on the right path? Like, absolutely, it's not going to be easy. Like, it's mm -hmm. probably going to be like the harder choice almost, but you feel so you feel drawn to it. Like, you know, internally that that, you know, holds the most potential or that's where you'd really want to be. But it's usually the scariest choice yeah. <laughs> or jumping in blindly. 
Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing, too, is and then when you are doing that, what I found for me is, you know, when, I, when I'm the best person is when I'm, when I'm doing what I feel I'm supposed to be doing. And that's when you can help the most people because that's what it's really all about. It's about other people, you know, and it took me, it took me a long time to realize that because I used to think everything was about me. And then finally I realized one day, you know, it's really not about me. It's about other people. And so, you know, that, that's, uh, it's just, and, and, and that's when you can do your best work when you, when, when it's about other people, you know, so. Yeah, I, absolutely. That's what I've learned as well is, and you know, I used to be so confused, like, <clears throat> you know, growing up, I think sometimes we hear the story of you need to do what's going to, you know, have the most notoriety or make the most money. And so, you know, being an artist is not, um, you know, realistic or, right. you know, so many things like I right. never, never thought that I would be doing this. Um, yeah. but if you've, it's just things all work together. And if you listen um, and you follow it and you're brave enough to do it, yeah, you will find that people come in that you'll, even though you don't know how you're going to do it, all of a sudden, um, you know, someone like Keith Mundy. Yeah. I mean, literally changed everything. I don't know that anyone's done more to make sure that Tyler's never been, Tyler will never be forgotten than him. Like I will always be, so grateful to him and so many other people. It's like you say, they, it's incredible. And it, and the thing is, is to then what you've learned or what you've gone through, you need to share that story and help others do the same thing. And that, that really is what it's all about. And when you figure that out, it all makes a lot more sense. I yeah. guess. And it's not this scarcity mindset or struggle, such a struggle of looking for something and, um, not just cultivating what's already inside you and, and making the most of that, like your passion. Right. You know, and, and it's funny you say that too, just with, you know, um, talking about, uh, you know, being, you know, real and being who you are and, and, you know, and, and there's Lewis Howes, he has a podcast um, called School of Greatness and he talks, he wrote a book called The, the Mask of Masculinity. And the thing that's interesting that, that I, I, I learned just, I did a previous podcast. Matter of fact, we just published it today with um, Tribe Skates, you know, talking to those guys who are also SEALs. Um, you know, it's just how uh, vulnerable and open those guys are that, you know, it's not like they put it on this, you know, bravado all the time or anything. It's, it's uh, you know, it's it's about being real and sharing stories and how important that really is, you know, and, and, and um, you know, how healing it can be. And, uh, so I, I think that's one thing that's great about social media, you know. I mean, I know that people talk about, well, people go on social media and they only post, you know, the, you know, this fake life or this whatever. But, I, you know, I think that I think that social media really has it's, it's helped me bring me together with a lot of people. And it's changed me, you know, just doing the podcast and meeting the people I've met like yourself. Uh, it's just it's it's awesome. You know, there's just so many stories. Everybody has a story and everybody's, you know, going through something. And I think it's important for us to connect in that way. So and and, and to go back to what you said about Keith Monday, too, is, um, you know, I've, I've talked to him one time on on the phone and he's a great guy. And, and they hooked me up with some hats through uh, um, through Lee Patterson, who's a salesman for them and a great guy. And so, yeah, and I, I love their love their company. And, and again, that's how I that's how I found out about you, you know, too. So, yeah, I mean, great, great people. I, I can't say enough. And I know Keith is always so humble about it. Um, but he is a, a rare, a rare person. Yeah. Um, he inspires me a lot. 
super grateful for him and Mer- and everyone at American Hat Company, the Maddoxes that that own um, American Hat. They, what a great story they have too. I mean, yeah, they Keith Keith Maddox. He owns the the best hat store there in Fort Worth, correct? Yeah, and um, yeah, great story there too. I'd love to hear that on the podcast if you could get them. But yeah, um, <laughs> but great people, and they just get it and. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and then for me, it's like, you know, you need to pay that, pay that forward, you know, if you're, if you're given that opportunity and, um, you know, not only that, like I, I've also found that's another way to heal yourself, like help others. You know? Exactly. You're, yeah. If you're in a hard place. You know what, if you still have something to give, yeah. find a way to give it or be there for someone. And, um, you know, it gives you perspective as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey now, too. We're getting we're getting you know close to the to the end of our time. But um, I always I always like to ask everybody, you know, do, uh, you know, do you have a favorite you know cowboy movie or favorite movie? Um, and do you have a, a favorite movie, or did you know Tyler have a favorite movie that he liked? Or I should know this, but every time I put it on the spot of these things, <laughs> I do a terrible job. Um, how, how about music? Did, did do you are you, are you a big country music fan? Or yes, yes, for sure. Yep, yep. Um, you know, I'm always listening to stuff while I'm painting in addition to podcasts. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Chris Stapleton. Of course, John Party. I got to shout him out. I mean, oh, yeah. so yeah. grateful for that, too. That was great. Um, <clears throat> but I've listened to everything. I mean, really, to be honest, like I'm like a 90s country. Right. I love that. You know, but there's some great stuff. John Party stuff's really good. Um, yeah, I love, I love that. Um, as for movies, like I really you know, unbranded is what first came to my mind, even though it's a documentary, but yeah, it's great. That's a great, great movie though. Really good. Yeah. And I live very close to the prior Mustangs here and, um, kind of in love with them too. So love seeing them take the Mustangs out there. So yeah, I know you have more questions, so I'll stop talking. No, no, you're fine. So, and, and then, um, of course I'm sure you, you wear, uh, American hat company hats. How, how about, how about boots? You got any favorite boots or? Um, yes, I do. I like so, so many. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it depends it's, on what I'm doing, you know, like right. also for girls, I got to have different, like if I need a real comfortable boot and I'm walking, I love the damn post boots. I have my American flag boots from them. I've actually had for pro out. They're just so comfortable. Right. Um, you know, and, and Ariats are great. Um, and yeah, um, Olaf boots are, oh, yeah. are great. I mean, those are some handcrafted quality, quality boots too. Yeah. I love yeah. mine. Yeah. I, I, I used to buy those when they were in, when they were still in Kansas and they're, they're made in Texas now, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Way yeah they're great. Yeah. Got so two cool. pairs of them. I love them. So cool. So, and then you're on a little, uh, on a ranch here where you're at now or yeah a little a little ranch i call it a ranch like a little homestead um here in montana um which i absolutely love so super grateful to be be up here i enjoyed it in nevada as well you can get a little bit uh easier winter a little more riding time yeah. <laughs> than you do up here that was part of what put uh partially put it into my barrel racing as well um yeah in addition to getting busy with American feathers was um, a little bit tougher to ride here. We live on the side of a hill. So, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, Chelsea, hey, it's been just been great, you know, having you share your story. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad that you agreed to come on and, and uh, you know, just share everything with us. And I've, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, just watching, you know, you continue to grow and reach out and, and help more people. And uh, really excited for you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you letting me come on and share share more about America Feathers, share Tyler's name and his memory. I mean, that that has been my mission from the beginning and to have the opportunity to keep doing it. I'm just, I'm grateful all the time. So thank you. Absolutely. And then we'll, we'll stay in touch and I've got to, I've got to order my feathers and stuff now and get it, uh, uh, get some down here for my hat. We'll get you hooked up for sure. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Chelsea. I appreciate it. And then, uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same. The minute we ride in to the roping pen Well, I ain't no play your speed But I give her hell, he can never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle and philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pen Turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen.